Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I think my mindset was to try to get us into a uh, Hail Mary spot on the field and make sure that was priority number one. So, um, you know, they were going to keep things in front of them. And the pass rush is also a part of it, too, where you don't have necessarily all the time in the world to let that out route that's deep develop. And, um, and so, you know, we were able to get down there where we had a, a reachable Hail Mary and, um, you know, it bounced up in the air, but it just didn't didn't fall our way. And now the Viking season is pretty much <laughs> over. Not mathematically. They were still popping up in the playoff picture graphics I saw last I, night. I think 4% Courtney Cronin tweeted out today from ESPN. Okay, so, so you're telling me there's a chance. there's a chance. The Cardinals to lose a bunch of games, Bears. So uh, we'll dive into our Viking statements off of that loss to the Bears yesterday. And I think our statements are going to be in reference to the game and to the big picture of it all. But... Declan, uh, Corona Heart Seltzer has been helping us through this season. Vikings Vent Line, we appreciate them. And so uh, let's say hi to them here for a moment. Yeah, Kirk Cousins talks about uh, Hail Mary. You know, I, I needed a Hail Mary or some Corona Heart Seltzers this weekend. And that's exactly uh, what I got into because it's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime, Corona Heart Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Heart Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Heart Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Snap back to Kirk Cousins. He's moving. He's launching. He's going into the end zone. And the pass is batted away. Intercepted in the end zone. Sherrick McManus on the tip. Bears finish the deal. They- yeah, these guys had good rushers, Hicks and Mack, and you know they got good rushers. And, you know they bring uh, they bring Smith on occasion. They got good rushers, so you know that's part of it. Let's just play some Zimmer clips here. Is it down Zim? Mad down Zim? Despondent. It's Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and we appreciate everyone who has uh, joined us for these Vikings therapy sessions throughout the season. We are your official, unofficial Vikings therapists here. On Purple Daily Vikings event line, if you missed it yesterday, probably the longest, I would say some of the best calls we've had all totally. season. Just like emotion, but smart, great questions, big picture stuff. You know what we found out? There's a lot of work to be done here, though. Like we got, there's a lot of of Vikings PTSD uh, that needs to be worked with 
and it's going to take some time. Oh, that's multiple we, sessions. We multiple had multiple therapy sessions. I yeah. would say that we we had minimum two to three people that like need long term Mackie and Judd Vikings therapy. Like maybe twice a week for the first couple months, just to really get you on track. The poor guy and from then, Canada. And then maintenance for sure after that. He was really good, but I mean, he had so much to unload, and it's that's going to take weeks, months. Dude, that guy had years. A, apparently, he had a, like a Christmas party happening upstairs or something. He's just sitting in a dark room. Just pouring his soul out to us on Ventline, which we appreciate. Speaking of pouring your soul out, this is Mike Zimmer. I haven't heard a couple of these. Let's just play a couple of these. This is why the Vikings struggled against Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Well, late in the game when he scrambled a couple times, you know, when we had the boots, when we did have the boots covered, uh, that was that was a little bit of an issue. Um, you know, he was hitting the over routes on the bootleg, and uh, our linebackers weren't doing a good job of getting out underneath him. He should, you know what he should do? He should be he should throw words in like our backup linebackers. That's what I would do if I were him. Just to say, what do you mean why do we have trouble with Mitch Trubisky? I've got nine backups playing right now. Have you, have you guys seen Chris Jones? Yeah. That guy's Todd terrible. Davis. I have to play and him. And Todd Davis played hurt and he already wasn't a starter. <laughs> Todd Davis had a sprained ankle? Who could tell? Uh, this is Mike Zimmer on... So apparently Dalvin Cook said that the offense needs to look itself in the mirror. I'd say the... Defense has to look in the mirror, too. <laughs> I love that part of Zim. He can't help himself. Oh, man. Like, he could have said, to Phil's point, do you see who we're playing here? Like, we're playing a ton of backups and third-string guys, and instead he basically just, and this is what I love about him, instead he just says, well, <laughs> they they suck, too. <laughs> Actually, let's let's start there. Viking statements every single Monday after Vikings games. We go around the room. And we, we just deliver statements about the things that stood out the most to us. I'll kick us off here, okay? Chris Jones. Statement number one. Chris Jones is one of the worst or most disinterested tacklers in the NFL. Face on a poster after that Dallas game when, was it Pollard ran right by him? He 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 made a business decision as a fringe roster guy, right? In that game yesterday... Here's the statistical evidence for you, okay? Chris Jones was targeted six times, five catches. All five went for first downs, but here's the better one. 202 yards through the air for Mitch Trubisky in that game. 50 of those yards were Chris Jones targeted yards after the catch. Yeah. Not counting the 95 overall yards he gave up. And I know the two plays. (laughs) I mean, there's two oh, plays man. on which he basically stood there like, what just happened? You gave up a catch. Yeah. Now I make mean, a tackle. So, like, I'm sitting here today, and when it comes to the defense, I guess I personally refuse to savage a defense too much that's missing so many key all-pro caliber players. I mean, Eric Kendricks, Neil Hunter, those might be, those are for sure two of your three best defensive players. They're out. Michael Pierce has never played. Anthony Barr has been out. Mike, Mike Hughes has been out. Uh, you know, people want to destroy this defense for giving up 33 points to Mitch Trubisky, and it does deserve to be criticized. But the backups gave up 33 points to Mitch Trubisky here. Okay, I'm not. I guess I'm not as worried about the defense, even though it is Mike Zimmer's worst defense oh, ever. Because I think it mostly fixes itself when you get some of these guys back. The next interior year. of that line is terrible too. Uh, is Chris Jones the worst cornerback to ever play as a Viking for Mike Zimmer? I'd have to go back to the Because there have like been some early. gloriously bad ones here. Let me find but some I'm asking 
since since Mike mm-hmm. took the job in 2014, and for the most part has had pretty steady, good cornerback play, is he the worst? I'm trying to remember the 2014 team he took over. Josh Robinson on that one, I believe. Still, yeah, okay. that's bad. Here's the here's that's the quarterbacks. Bad. Captain Munnerlyn was serviceable, not bad. Yep. Xavier Rhodes was becoming a great player. Yeah, yep. And then it's kind of a hodgepodge. Was Josh Robinson? Yeah. Uh, uh. It might have been in his last year here. I'm not quite. He, or or he, he might have gone. I'm not positive on that. Anton Exum, was he a safety? Who's that? Yeah, guy? He, was, he was a safety. Yeah, but he never did. Did he have yeah, a Josh, play? You're right. Josh Robinson think, for think, sure yeah, was on this team. got it a couple times, Chad. Not much. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Robinson, and they basically just stuck to those three guys all year. They they were they were healthy. All of them played. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, Chris, Chris Jones, Jones might be the worst cornerback for Zim in, with the Vikings. Yeah. So we we talked about Diggs forcing his way out uh, to Buffalo. We've talked about Justin Jefferson, which I'm sure we'll continue on that thread on this show. Being upset about the fact that Kirk didn't throw him the ball on time in the end zone, and the mics picked that that up. But I think I think a wide receiver story that so far has been buried off really the last two games is this one. <clears throat> Did you guys realize Adam Thielen had one target and no receptions in the second half on Sunday and finished the game with three targets, three, two catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown? In the previous game against Tampa Bay, Thielen, Kirk Cousins' guy, right? Like, that's his guy to target. Was targeted four times, three catches, 39 yards. I find that to be now. I have been all on board on spreading the ball around and incorporating Jefferson way more, so I'm not complaining. But this drastic reduction to me is intriguing. Yeah. Like I thought it would come down, but one target, and I believe it was late in the game yesterday. One target in the half and no catches is surprising. But you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. When you've decided going into every single game, Dalvin Cook is going to get however many offensive plays we're going to run, Dalvin Cook is going to get 28 touches and maybe more, right? Yeah. So the rest of you guys, sorry, some of you are going to get left out. Oh, and it's contractually obligated for Gary Kubiak to dial up at least a handful of backup tight end or fullback touches, too. Just built into his contract. CJ Ham's got to so, get the ball, okay? You got to feed him. Sorry, Adam. Uh, Adam, against Tampa Bay, you totally would have gotten three or four more targets, but CJ had to eat too. So, yeah. um, it is. I mean, they, they go in every game and they and they say Dalvin Cook is going to eat, eat, eat. And then if there's other food left for the other players, Justin Jefferson's going to get some. Some tight ends are going to get some. Adam's going to get some. Adam will get some, but my God, there's, one target. There's never a game. At least from a winning formula perspective, in their minds, there's never a game where they decide, "All right, this is going to be an Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson game." Dalvin's only going to get 16 touches in this game yep. because we identify a weak secondary and we're going to pick it apart. It doesn't matter what the matchup is; they go in with their game plan. Dalvin, you know Dalvin, what? Dalvin, and maybe some other scraps for the other guys. Post bye week, I guarantee you, and I'm sure that. Uh, the Vikes would deny this. I guarantee you there is a Dalvin ratio. There has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's I mean, getting yeah, the ball. Agreed. He's getting the ball too much for it not to be. I think that they basically, uh, after they dropped to one and five with Falcons loss, I think they basically regrouped and said he gets 30 touches per game. Yeah, so he has 339 touches on the season. 
I would shut him down for the next two games. The fact that you've made it through and you've you've you've, you've ridden him oh, like this. No, 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 no. You don't preserve understand. Preserve him for next year, man. No, against the Saints, he's got to eat. Preserve him for next year. The chef. All right, next statement. All right. Where is the pass rush? That is my statement here. So Jaleel Johnson. That's Jamar actually a Steffen. question. Yeah, but it, it, it's a question with the statement of where it's is this, on, it's where is on this the couch, rush? Declan? So yeah. It's where is the pass rush? Exclamation point is the, it's, okay. colon. It doesn't exist. I don't know. We can go there too. <laughs> but Jaleel Johnson and Jamar Stephan rank last and second to last in pass pass rush win rate among qualified defensive tackles this year. Look they are the worst, worst Football. pass rushers nerd. among Give defensive nerd. tackles. Give him a nerd right there. Get those nerds! That's nerds! good. Dex. Nerds! Deep dig. I love it. Shout out to Wilbur Gatz from Sports Illustrated for uh, for finding the nugget, too. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take full credit for I it. But at the credit. same time, I know Daniil Hunter's out, but you can't figure out other weight. Like, remember when James Lynch, that rookie, got in the Seattle game and had a sack? We're like, oh, cool. Yeah, Diet, Chris, Ho- Diet Chris Hovan got yeah, in. Yeah, this will be great. And then, like, I haven't seen him on the field since. Like, you can't figure out other ways to blitz the quarterback and get after Trubisky. It's It's very frustrating. Yeah, it's, this is, again, where I go back and forth. It's like, yeah, like, can they get more creative? They probably should. Are they just going to get Daniil Hunter back next year, potentially? Yeah, although that might wind up. There's going to be a lot of juicy offseason contractual things if Ian Rappaport's report from two months ago is true. But on paper, in theory, you get Daniil Hunter back. But yeah, when you're when you're allowing Mitch Trubisky, and Tom Brady was only pressured like four times. You're going to give a Hall of Fame quarterback just as much time as yeah, he wants? No, yes. Yes, you are. I'm going to pick you apart. All right. The Vikings are way too conservative offensively in the first half especially, and I have receipts. I was sitting there yesterday thinking, feels like they're, they're like always getting into the second half of the second quarter. We're like, you know, there's five minutes left in the second quarter, and they've been moving the ball pretty well today, and they have six points. Yeah. They have seven points. It seems like literally every game feels that way to me. This season. And it's true. The Vikings are actually one of the five lowest scoring first half teams in the NFL. And they are one of the highest scoring second half teams in the NFL. They are the highest scoring fourth quarter team in the NFL. Okay. Well, why is it? Why are they? uh, Why do they have seven passing touchdowns in the first half and 22 in the second half? Why do they have 17 touchdowns in the first half? Almost 30 in the second half. Why is it so, and, and it, great, you, you move the ball in the second half, and that's awesome, and you should continue to aspire to do that. They are so obsessed with establishing the run. They run the ball in the first quarter on 60% of their offensive snaps. League average is 45. And so because they are so obsessed with establishing the run early in games, they don't move the ball as dynamically in the first half. Um, and that's why they have to play catch up oftentimes in the second half. Like they, what they don't realize is you're already established when Dalvin Cook is active. So when the game starts, they think, well, we need to establish the run so that yeah. we can suck the defense in. And no, no, no. They're going into the game knowing that your run is established. Yeah. Okay. So you can throw the ball deep or do these Justin Jefferson things in the first quarter if you want to. Why are you starting off? It's like it's like they get into the boxing match and they're like, let's feel it out for like three rounds. And their opponent sometimes comes out and is like, no, we're, we're fighting now. We're up by 17 no, on you they're, now. they're going to rope-a-dope you. 
The I Vikings mean, want to rope it open. Even yeah. even the final three minutes of the game, when it comes to like, got to mix that run in there, right? Your season's on the line. Yep. You're you need a touchdown to keep your playoff hopes alive. There's less than three minutes to go in the game. Eighty yards for the end zone, and you hand the ball off twice in your first three plays. Well, what do you mean? But it was third and one. You, I don't care. Throw the ball. And what does it scream? We don't trust Kirk. They don't trust Kirk. They, it might be too. They don't they trust, don't trust the offensive line. line. They don't yeah. trust Kirk. And so, right. But the the way to get around your distrust, which, by the way, is probably justified of the pass protection by the offensive line, would be to get the ball to guys like Jefferson on short little crossing routes and allow him to do the work. They don't even trust Kirk to consistently do that. I'm telling you, man, at the bye, this team sat down and decided we are going, we trust one guy, really. He wears 33. That's it. Like, look at what they've done. Uh, Something else worth noting, too, when it comes to, like, well, you know, with with Dalvin is so good, you want to be sure to establish Dalvin. Okay, this comes down to math in some ways. When you target Justin Jefferson this season, so forget about, because I get that, like, yards per reception is one thing, but there's going to be incomplete passes. Sure. When you target Justin Jefferson this season, the Vikings are averaging 12 yards per target. Per target. That's really pretty good. Don't you think you'd want to maybe increase the amount of targets that he's getting in the first quarter when they don't target him ever not, at all? He's not a running back. No. We got to pound the rock. I want no part, I want no part of that. I got to give the ball to 33 and he's got to go up that A gap and he's going to get 3 yards and sometimes he's going to get 10 and maybe he'll get 20. Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Football. Oh, and back to Dex's point here. Uh, The Vikings are led in sacks by Unique Ngakwe, who had five in six games. (laughs) He leads them in sacks. (laughs) I forgot about it. He was on the team too for a month. Fetty with three and a half is next in 14 games. Oh, man. So, So the Vikings... Leader in sacks is a guy who has basically spent the second half of the season oh. with the Baltimore Ravens. How about nice. that? Okay, nice. my statement is this. The Vikings and Vikings fans need to be concerned about the fact Mike Zimmer is 1-5 against Matt Nagy and a combined 2-8 and eight if you include Matt LaFleur of the Packers. He is 2-8 and eight combined against Nagy and LaFleur. That has to concern you. Like if it was, if if we were like four games in, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But we are are ten games in to them combined, and he, he's coached six games now against the Bears with Nagy as their coach, and he has lost five of those games. We we talk he's about lost cousins. five times to Trubisky. Yeah, and we talk, but we talk about you know cousins on Monday nights in prime time, right? Like these are division rivals who you should beat more than than you lose, hopefully. And Bears and Packers beat you consistently now with your coach. That's concerning. Yeah, that's there's all this evidence piles up, right? Like Mike Zimmer is 20 games below 500 against teams that finish the season with a winning record. They go into these games, and this is worth discussion at some point here too, as the as the season fallout is on the horizon. The the best teams in the NFL go into each game with multiple different potential blueprints for how they could beat you, right? They've got an idea of how they want to beat you that day. But if the game goes off the rails, they can sort of adjust and beat you in a different way. I feel like the Vikings go into every single game and it's like, this is the meal that we cook. We have one thing on our menu. We have one one chef. His name is Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. He's known as the chef, by the way. 
And uh, very creative. And we'll, you know, we'll mix in a little side of JJ and a little side of Adam. Although we ran out of that two weeks ago. Sorry. <laughs> But, our feeling's gone. <laughs> but this is our one way to beat you. And whether there are you know, three quarters remaining to play or three minutes remaining to play at the end of the game, we're going to establish the run because that's what's on our menu. We're going to run that ball. Milk 30 seconds well, off No, the hold ball. on a second. But but w- what about Kirk? Can Kirk cook me up a, a deep ball, a nine route to JJ? Maybe once. We'll see. Maybe I'd we'll really sprinkle like a, there once. I'd really like that. I mean, that that's your prime rib, right? Wouldn't you be so... No, it's Dalvin. No, I yeah, I think I've made it pretty clear, and we, we seem to be in agreement on this on the show, that if there is a cheaper, younger, higher upside mobile quarterback option out there, and there's a couple guys in the draft for sure, like the Vikings should have their eye on that. Just like some of these other teams have maximized Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, et cetera, right? Yes. So I'm curious about that, but I'm also curious, for Kirk's sake, what if he was just put in a more empowering, modern offense? Now, John Filippo would argue, I tried to do that he, two years ago. And I got fired. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly That's exactly <laughs> right. But that's, but that's the, the point is, I don't see that there is a, a real purpose if Mike is going to be the coach long term here. What's the purpose in drafting this great car that can do all of these different things when he, when the first time the kid screws up, Mike is going to go back and say, you see, Gary, you see, Rick, I told you, we got to run. run like, ball, like that's, my, that's Mike's default offensive position, right? As soon as things start to go, go wrong, and they do go wrong at times. Oh, my God, sack on first down. Yeah. Oh, run. yeah. Okay, it's third and 16. Don't give a damn. We're going to run. What? Dude, like what was, so what was it, second and 18 when they got, when Kirk got sacked early? It was first and 10, second and 16. Yep. Third and 16. That second and 16 play is an auto run for the Vikings. Yes. Auto run. Why? To get the field position better. Well, but you hold on. They've get like, they get, they lose yards on first down and then they wave the white flag on the drive and go into field position, more room to punt mode as opposed to. All right, well, that kind of sucks, but we still have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and some tight ends that can but, catch the ball. But the Kirk sack on first down proves to Mike that he's right. So you see, we tried to pass. You see? Like, that's my, that's how he thinks. Yeah. And the fact that the offense is still, like, top 10 in a lot of categories, despite all of these weird, odd-fitting pieces and philosophies, yeah. is a testament to how much talent they have at some of these positions still, even without a great offensive line. So, anyways, I think we're back to Dex here. All right. Dan Bailey, congrats on doing your job. I want to I want to give you a round of applause, dude. You did the one thing you yeah, were supposed you, to do. He, had to be he was jer- great. And you, you had to be a jerk about it, didn't that's you? That's fine. You had to be a jerk. You couldn't give him a nice little hearty round of applause. You just ripped him. No. It, it, I, I'm happy that he went out there and he kicked the ball in the uprights. The one thing that he can control, there was no, he didn't phase him. They sent him out there. Christmas I'm happy week. that Dan Bailey was able to do the one thing he's asked to do every week. I feel so thank like you, Dan. the team let Dan Bailey down. Dan oh. Bailey spent the whole week getting all the demons and the cobwebs out of his head, getting the mechanical issues ironed out, and he was dialed for whatever the Vikings needed in this game. And the team let Dan Bailey down. I would love to know like what his week was like last week like what did he do did he like do new rituals did he do the same thing like i would i genuinely would love to know what he did last week to like clear his mind corona a lot of it seltzers just got a bunch just got a bunch of seltzers, yeah, Corona not Corona. seltzers. yes he just got a bunch of them <laughs> um i'm trying to decide what i've got like five other statements here <laughs> and bailey and to what dex is saying if irv smith catches that damn ball 
Ba- Bailey's in position to be the hero by coming back and kicking the game-winning field goal. Yep. That would have completed one of the great write-that-down swings of all time, too, if he, if he would have given me the second part of my parlay, which is you're right. he makes all of his kicks a game-winner. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'm going to go with this statement here because it's worth discussing. Justin Jefferson clearly has been reading and consuming some of the Stefan Diggs material mm-hmm. since last week. <laughs> And I have watched this clip and listened to this clip probably 30 times in the last 18 hours or so. So there was a play in the end zone. Kirk Cousins was flushed out to his left because of pressure. And uh, it was it was kind of a, it was a second, like the routes had been run. And then Kirk flushes left and now it's like, go get open. And he throws a ball to Justin Jefferson in the back of the end zone. Off the t- off the fingertips, too high and, and behind him. And Justin Jefferson gets up and lights Kirk up. You could hear it over the boom mics. There's no fans. It's one of the great gifts of studio football in 2020 is you get to hear some of this stuff. And I've listened to this, and I am, I am 99.5% sure Justin Jefferson says, F-word, Kirk, come on, throw the flag. Yep. And before I dissect that, any yep. thoughts on like? Do you guys think that he said something different? I, th- I thought it was throw the damn ball. No, he does not say ball or football. He, he says flag. It's flag. I one hundred percent heard flag. Yep. Yeah. He. It, it was interpreted in uh, by a bunch of stories that he said ball. He does not say ball. So f Kirk, come on, throw the flag, and yeah. people are getting tripped up by the flag part. Oh, is he yelling at the official? Right. So this is my amateur football interpretation, but a flag route is a concept that is very common. It's an outbreaking route. So he was on the left side of the line of scrimmage. I think he was in the slot for this play. Okay. And he ran a route from the slot toward the back left pylon, which would be a flag route. Yep. I don't know if they call it that, but I would assume that they do because he said throw like when he says throw the flag, I think he's yelling at Kirk. The initial route, the flag route was open if you throw the ball right away. Yep. And Kirk would say, well, I had pre- Dakota Dozier sucks, and I had pressure in my face, and so I had to loop around and keep the play alive. Kirk would say that. And so I think I think Justin Jefferson was mad that Kirk didn't pull the trigger sooner on the initial route, a yes. flag route, Yes. and he decided to let Kirk know that as loud as possible with expletives. Your guys' thoughts on what happened there? I think that's probably right, but my thought is this. So post-game, he gets on Twitter and basically takes – what the interpretation was from fans and said, I ain't no diva. Just, he, didn't, he, he didn't deny yelling. I mean, he, he was didn't yelling, deny yelling, but he said, I ain't, but, but he, to your point has probably consumed all of the dig stuff and sees himself now being painted in the same light that Stefan was. Oh. Let, let me be very clear here. Justin Jefferson. I love it. It was yes. exactly the right thing. And you does not make you a diva at all. What it makes you is competitive really good at what you do, and as a rookie, emboldened enough and right to call out the fact that the quarterback probably needs to pull the trigger consistently way more yeah. than he does. So so from a standpoint of, is that bad? No, it's a good thing. I love it. I applaud it. Keep doing it. You are good enough to justify it. Yeah, I think the things that are true here are, he was definitely yelling at Kirk. <laughs> He's not a diva. He's a great wide receiver who's competitive, just like Stefan Diggs was. I don't think Stefan Diggs is a diva. When I think diva, I think like Odell Beckham and Terrell Owens and guys who are just like completely rogue and egotistical and 
Stefan Diggs has an ego. I'm sure Justin Jefferson does too, but they want to win. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're most mad about is like we're not operating efficiently in a winning mode on offense in 2020. This isn't the 90s anymore. Um, so I was fine with it. I thought it was great, entertaining. And I also thought it was interesting, though, the dynamic of you got this veteran quarterback and a rookie receiver. How many other veteran quarterbacks get chirped like that by a rookie receiver and not just pulled aside on the sideline to do it privately? Like to feel that emboldened to do it in front of everybody, I think says a little bit something about, about the dynamic. Part, but he was exactly right. Does he do that to Tom Brady, though? That's my No, question. not Brady, but I'd guess that you would. I, I think he is so good, though, that he is he is probably talking about a bunch of plays, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kirk, because Kirk sits back there, and he sort of pats the ball, and where's my protection? Oh, I have to scramble now. It's like, actually, no, throw the ball. It's not that hard. Yeah, Just I, I would say it's, it's peak frustration. He was He's frustrated at the season. He's frustrated in the situation. He wants Kirk to throw him the ball. He wants the flag. I think it was everything. I don't think it was necessarily so damning, but I will agree a pseudo statement of F Kirk throw the ball is a good statement to have. Throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Just throw the ball. He's exactly right. And and the reason why, like on the flag thing, I don't think this is again, this is just my educated guess here or uneducated guess. I don't, I, I know that he said flag like 99%. I don't think he was talking about the refs. I think he was talking about a route concept. He never looks at the ref who's right there. Right. Like he looks at Kirk. He says F comma Kirk. And then he says, and he's looking at Kirk. And if you watch the play, like he dropped, Kirk drops back. Pressure comes pretty early, but Kirk drops back as Jefferson's breaking toward the outside part of his route. Yeah. And I think what he's wanting is, dude, just like throw the ball to the pylon. I will catch catch it. it. I'll be fine. Just trust me on this play. So, all right, I don't even know whose turn it is now. I think it's Judd. I think it's my turn. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Kirk, <clears throat> my statement is this. Kirk Cousins still has not learned how to protect the football. He has now fumbled six times in the past five games and lost four. Now, he he had uh, two fumbles, one lost in the first nine games, and both of those came in the loss at Seattle, all right? So he was actually going pretty well. But the whole thing that we've talked about a bunch of times, which is he has to know, and it's a bad thing, but it's a better thing than fumbling the stop, drop, and roll. Like, if you have pressure, Kirk, you have to go down. Yesterday, he's back to pass. He's taking his time. He's patting the ball. He drops it down low, and everybody knows from a pass rush standpoint to go in there and try and rake that ball from Kirk's hands, which they do now consistently. Back to Viking statements in just a moment after we shout out Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is helping business owners, and they're pleased to announce MyShield, your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. MyShield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, tablet, smartphone, or the MyShield app. And MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business. So if you're a business owner out there, and you just feel like you're not getting the frontline protection peace of mind that that you deserve, go to federatedinsurance.com. Click on Meet My Shield and find out what Federated can do for you. At Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. That's a problem, and it never ends. And the only time that it ends is when Kirk has been very deliberately told, if you feel pressure because you can't sense it, just eat the ball. Do something, but basically cradle the damn ball. That was but, a bad one. Yeah. But but my God, again, six fumbles in the past five games. If this 
was a good team, that is a massive problem. And that's among the things that's on Kirk. I know that the pass rush is bad. I know it's there. But he doesn't feel pressure. He can't shuffle. And because of that, if there is pressure, he has to protect the football. And he always gets into these cycles where he doesn't consistently do it. And it drives you crazy because that's how you lose a lot of football games. Football. Is it back to me? Yep. I thought it was you. I'm sorry. I thought it was back to you. Uh, My last one, and it's my spiciest one here. Goodbye playoffs. Hello, future rookie quarterback. Wow. I think it's now official that the Vikings are out of the playoff, or basically on life support of the playoffs. Yep. I think you turn your attention. We're seeing these mock drafts. You go and you draft a quarterback with your first round pick this next year. Come to the head right now. Do you guys think they think that? No. Because I don't. I don't think they think that right now. But I think over the next three months, there's going to be a discussion that they have to have. And if someone like Zach Wilson is in their grasp and is within the next few picks and they can trade up and or get him obviously naturally, I think you have to have that conversation. Getting one offensive lineman, getting one cornerback isn't going to fix this team, change them completely. A quarterback can. A quarterback can. So goodbye playoffs. Hello, future rookie quarterback. I love that. But here, here's my opinion of what they're going to talk about come February and March. I think what they're going to focus on are all of the defensive players that were out and are coming back, right? They're going to talk about that. They're going to talk about the, the fact that Kirk still has two years left on his contract. They've still got Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook. In their mind, with and I think this starts with Mike, they're going to focus on the fact that if they make the right picks and get immediate help, that they can come back strong. And what Mike is going to tell them is, I can have you again a top three defense in 2021 and that and that the offense can now follow along. I don't like that, mm. but it's what I think. Yeah. They, they, in their opinion, are going to have a very strong case where they're going to bounce back and win 13 games, and this is ultimately all going to work. And I think Rick is going, going to sit back and say, if you can do that, I'm going to look like a bleeping genius. Let's run it back again. With all of those parts. That's the problem. I, I, by the way, completely disagree with almost everything I just said, but I think it's what they're going to say. <laughs> I agree. Like, I think, I think Man. even with these two losses here, like Dex, I'm with you. They're going to, I think they're probably going to win. Uh, they're going to split these next two games. I think they're going to finish seven to nine. And when you zoom out to 30,000 feet, it's very easy for Mike Zimmer to say, listen, we just went seven and nine, including. Yep. Digging out of a one and five hole to flirt with the playoffs. And if we hadn't shot ourselves in the foot a couple times with a bad kicker against Tampa, maybe we'd be a playoff team after starting one and five. Mm-hmm. And we did it with 15 draft picks, a bunch of rookies starting all over the place. And we did it without Daniil Hunter. Eric Kendricks missed two huge games in December. Anthony Barr, Michael Pierce. Give me my guys back on defense. Let's get a garden free agency. Let's get a. And again, this is Mike Zimmer. Let's get a great defensive player in the first round of the draft. Yep. And let's a make defensive w- tackle or something. You're exact. You just hit it. Let's get Kirk Ugh. another year in the system. Yep. And I think it's a. I think they think it's a run it back year in 2021. And then everyone's jobs are on the line. And then Mike will also say this. And next year, when my defense is back to being the defense that we're used to. Those long drives are going to eat up all the time. We're going to suck the game dry while my defense dominates. That's what he's going to say. So I will see. Sorry, Declan. I just want the BYU kid. The last thing off that point, 
Okay. Let's say that the Vikings sat down and said, screw it. Declan Goff is right. We're going quarterback. We're going to do that. Here's my question. Do you trust the people currently in the building because they're staying put? Do you trust them to develop this kid correctly? I don't trust Mike Zimmer anymore. See, quarterback-wise, quarterback I agree completely. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to answer because I, I love Mike Zimmer as a head coach, but, I mean, is it really in the best interest to empower a young, mobile quarterback with someone like Mike Zimmer at the helm? Like, no. the, I think the only, the only solution would be if you had a hot, up-and-coming OC that was this innovator. Who he's going to try and fire. That, who he's going to try and he's fire. He's going to try to fire or hold bail after a year, so it, it's, yeah. it's difficult. That's, that's a, the problem, that's a man. Question. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is that Mike Zimmer needs someone that he can be sort of hands off with at the at the offensive coordinator spot and the quarterback spot. Like Case Keenum wasn't very good coming in as an NFL quarterback, but he'd been around for a number of years and and in Zimmer's mind it was, "All right, you guys go you guys can run this." And at the time it was um Pat uh, Shermer who was the offensive coordinator. And you loved him. You guys I'm going to outsource this to you guys. You guys can run this thing. Right. You can't do that with Kyle Trask, right? You can't right. do it with Zach Wilson. Yep. And so, Mike still wants to run. Like, that's the thing. Well, you would probably... And not the quarterback. But you would run the ball with a rookie quarterback quite a bit, especially with Dalvin Cook. Right, so but I think that he would that. I think that he would tell the OC and young QB, here's how I'd like to do it. I like to have... I don't want you to scramble or make dangerous plays. I, I just think he, he would suck all the life out of what would make that player potentially special. Yeah. Who is... Is is John Filippo with Jacksonville? No, he's uh, with Bears, quarterbacks coach. Oh, you're right. He's, oh, he was with Jacksonville. He was the OC. He turned Trubisky around. He gets all the credit <laughs> for yesterday for Trubisky. That must have felt great for him. Oh, yesterday. yeah, and he hates Zimmer. Actually, he hates a, him. A couple more quick statements. The Bears are officially, as of me seeing this stat yesterday, the most inept offense as a franchise in NFL history. Oh. The Bears have scored 25-plus points in four straight games now for the first time since 1995. Oh, my God. I didn't say 40 points. Yeah. I said 25 or more points in four straight games for the first time since 1995. So you didn't you not once over that stretch with Jay Cutler did you even get hot for a month and score 27, <laughs> you know, 27 right. 31 34 27 or something? Wow. That's pretty amazing. That oh, is really bad. Also, uh bad. bonus statement, I think the Vikings are good without Kyle Rudolph going forward with Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith at tight end. I think they're in a pretty good spot to save 5 million. It's been a great run too. Space. Been a great run. Mm-hmm. Kyle's been fantastic. So all right, boys. Oh, one other minor thing since we're unloading all these statements here. Don't throw a seven-yard pass with 12 seconds left in the fourth quarter, please. Take two shots at the Hail Mary. They were working on setting up field goal position for Bailey for the future when that play will actually result in a Dan Bailey field goal attempt, okay? Practicing. I told the you they were they were matriculating slowly down the field to kick a field goal despite the fact that they were down more than three points. Yeah. If there's one thing the Vikings offense loves to do, it's matriculate. They do it very sure. well. 17 play drives. Zim's like, yeah, that was perfect. Amazing. We'll try to get to 20 next that time. That two play crap don't work for me. <laughs> what? We we threw two bombs and completed them both? No. My defense going to have to go back on the field now. Ridiculous. All right. Well, that was therapeutic. Hopefully it was for all of you guys, too. A lot of therapy. Thanks for hanging out with us on Purple Daily. And be sure, if you could, give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple. And click the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. 
See you guys.